You're listening to TIP. On today's show, I talk with Andrew Aziz. Andrew is a PhD chemical engineer by trade, but when he was laid off from his job, he turned to day trading to provide him with income. He was unable to find reliable, incredible resources to teach him how to trade, so he wrote an Amazon best-selling book and started Bearable Traders, an online platform and community that helps teach people how to day trade. Andrew has a successful track record building a business and day trading, and he looks to share his knowledge with the millennial generation. You're listening to Millennial Investing by the Investors Podcast Network, where your host, Robert Leonard, interviews successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire the millennial generation. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Robert Leonard. And with me today, I'm very excited to have Andrew Aziz from Bear Bold Traders. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you very much, Robert. Hello, everyone. And I'm very excited to be here with you. I want to start today's conversation by talking about your story. I think it's very interesting. You went from being a PhD chemical engineer to now day trading in the stock market. How did that come about? Well, when I, after I finished the school, I started working. I was really passionate about my education. It was on chemical engineering, electrochemical devices for clean tech. So I was really excited about that. And I got a really good job and I started working for a really good company in Vancouver. But after a couple of years, I got laid off. And that was uh, very disappointing for me because I really, really wanted to contribute to the field that I was passionate about and I had education in. And then I couldn't really find a good job. That was the moment that I really decided to take control of my finances by started learning about something that I can do from home, at least as you know, partial income for myself and my family. So I got into trading and the beginning was very rocky like everyone else that uh, always people start with some beginner's luck, they make some money and then they start losing everything else. It was rocky at the beginning, so I decided to get another job to just support my family and my life in Vancouver until I slowly graduated from that job and now a full-time trader. So here on the show, we generally recommend that millennials don't day trade. And if back on episode two, I actually talked with Preston Pish from We Study Billionaires, and we both talked about how we don't personally day trade and we're not sure that it's maybe the best strategy. So I want to hear from your perspective. I want to hear the other side of the argument because I believe you don't really know something until you hear both the pros and the cons and you hear both sides of it. So can you provide an overview of what day trading is and why you think it might be a good strategy for a millennial investor? Well, day trading is the process of trading a stock market or any other you know, financial instruments like you know, could be currency, could be cryptocurrency or anything else, but you trade them in a day. You really don't hold any position overnight. Especially for a stock market, when the market is open only during the market hours from 9.30 to 4 p.m. on the Eastern time, the rule of thumb is you just close your position before the market closes, and then you're not really exposed to any overnight changes when the market is actually closed. In cryptocurrency, when the market is open, or in Forex market, when the market is open, really day trading can be you know, extended all the way to 24 hours because just market is open. For a stock market, when I do, we do day trade and we use the volatility of the market during the day. So we are not really looking for a longer time frame. To your question is day trading had a really bad reputation. I totally understand that, why it's coming from, and I know why. Because you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, Wall Street had access to a lot of knowledge and technology that retail traders like you and I didn't have that. I mean, even the internet speed was not as good as today. The platforms, the brokers, the commissions, it was all, you know, geared toward Wall Street professionals and only a certain group of elite in Wall Street have the access to the market in a way that they could really benefit from those volatility. But now, and those times, a lot of people tried day trading and a lot of them failed for a lot of variety of reasons. First of all, they didn't have any education. Second of all, they didn't have the discounted commissions and you know, those clearing ability for executing their orders. And also, they didn't have the tools for trading. So a lot of people, I think, in the last 10, 15 years, especially at the beginning, lost money. And there was a lot of articles, a lot of myth coming out of uh, you know, Main Street that, oh, day trading is a scam. It's impossible. The game is rigged against you. And I think it's still some of it is true. But the thing is, the play has changed. Now, everyone has an access to high-speed internet in their smartphone. 
I am in Vancouver and my internet speed is as fast as someone sitting in Wall Street. The platforms for trading, all of the tools and all of the trading platforms that used to be only for Wall Street professionals, and now they're available for $100 a month to retail traders. Anyone can go sign up and have an access to a very powerful you know, trading platform. And even the commission is now much, much lower. I mean, when I, even five, six years ago when I started trading for the first time, I had to pay $10 per ticket. So buy $10, sell $10. So that's $20 in commission. Now we're looking at commissions at free commissions. I mean, Zero Trade or Robinhood, they're coming with no commission. Although there are some disadvantage of those free commissions, but brokers that are really giving you a good execution for day trading, they're really, really low commission, as low as you know, a half a cent per share commission structure, which is absolutely astonishing for day traders. To summarize for millennials, for what you're you know, famous for do-it-yourself, we are not really trusting our money in the hand of uh, money managers and Wall Street anymore. And, you know, this is the mentality that the millennials brought into modern life that do it yourself. Just do a search, you know, go to YouTube, learn it by yourself. And, you know, we try to do everything else. And I don't really see a reason not to do it for our own finances. So to summarize, day trading used to be impossible, but now it is impossible for three reasons. First of all, the education is out there. You know, trading the market is not a black hole anymore or a black box anymore. You know, there's tons of books, there are tons of online resources, either paid or free is available. The execution and the broker and the commission used to be only for Wall Street, but it's not anymore. You know, just do a search and see in the last 10, 15 years, it's been accessible to everyone. And also the tools that used to be available for Wall Street is now available to retail traders. It's not as good and as you know, high performance as those guys have access. For these three reasons, I would say that day trading has changed. And again, you know, that was a good point that your guest mentioned that it used to be very difficult, but I do believe that it is now possible. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but it's still possible if you do it right and if you get the right education and do the process properly. Well, you brought up a point there about it's not for everyone. And I do want to touch on that. But before we do, you're talking about a lot of tools and resources that are available to investors. And you mentioned Robinhood. And that's actually a platform I use myself for investing. Do you have any other platforms or tools or recommendations for somebody that might be interested in day trading? Yeah, definitely. So before getting into that, I must mention that people have to differentiate between investing and trading. They're two different things because in trading, when you're investing, you're really looking for a certain criteria and parameters to grow your money. Trading is different. You know, for example, some people buy real estate for life investment and they live in there after 10, 20 years, you know, they sell it for a profit. But some people are just realtors. They buy and sell houses in a day or in a week and just try to make money out of these transactions. So we are day traders. We are really not planning to invest in long term in any company. And sometimes we try to make money out of the companies that are miserable and we know they are going to fail. You know, no investor would, for example, invest in a company that he knows is going to be bankrupt. But traders, we actually can't benefit from the company that is losing or going to bankrupt by something we call the short selling. You know, we try to make money out of a downward move. So trading and investing is really different. And that's very important. You know, as an investor, you have to somehow do a fundamental analysis about what you're trying to buy or what you're trying to invest in. And sometimes people really make an emotional connection to their investment. But as a trader, you have to have the mentality, I'm just here to make money by just this transaction. I don't care if it's Apple. I don't care if I like iPhone or not. I just want to make money out of this move from Apple. So trading is uh, different. So that's why I'm saying that sometimes the Robinhood or some other brokers that are offering free trades for you, they're really good for investing or type of tradings that are usually long term. You know, you don't want to buy and sell in a matter of seconds or, you know, minutes. You want to buy, maybe next week you want to sell or then maybe in two months or maybe in five years you want to sell your position. And you can use, you know, brokers and platforms like Robinhood. But if you want to get into the active trading, you need to find the brokers that what we call them discounted brokers. These brokers are giving you access to the market for fast execution. And there are not a lot of them. So you have to do a search and find the best rates and the best ones. Interactive brokers in the United States is one of the famous ones that is famous for low commission. And also it gives you direct access to the market. Speed Trader is another one. Uh, Center Point Securities is another one. Cobra Trading is another one. These are the names and I'm sure most of the people haven't heard of because, again, trading is something that you need to find the right tools for them. 
and all of these brokers are providing you different platforms for trading. You know, for example, I myself using interactive brokers and also for my trading platform is called Dash Trader Pro that gives me, me the direct access. So I'm essentially sitting in the exchange when I'm sending my order, it immediately gets filled. There is no intermediate. There is no one that I have to pick up the phone, talk to. There is no confirmation. As soon as I say buy, it goes into the market, either New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, and the orders get filled immediately and I have the shares. So these are specific tools that you know people, if they do the research, they can find. But majority of the people, and those are really cost with that. So you have to pay for those platforms and you know those data fee to be able to day trade. Because again, the key day trading is fast execution because you want to make money out of those volatility during the day. And you need to have the execution really fast. A lot of people might say, oh, why would I do that? Why not just doing it, you know, investing or, you know, trading in the long term, like swing trading? Well, the answer to that is the profit that you can have from day trading. You know, if you're in Wall Street as a you know hedge fund manager or if you have a mutual fund, if you can get 10% a year, you're a rock star. If you, are, you have a family and you have an investment of portfolio, if you have 10, 15% a year return on your portfolio or investment, that is considered a really good return. But day traders, on the other hand, they're looking for adding to their account 1% to 2% a day. So imagine you can add 20% into your account in a month because we have around 20 trading days. So 20% a month you can add by day trading, but usually by investing, it's the return that you can expect is much less than day trading. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Hey everyone, it's Patrick, your host of Millennial Investing. Every year, my buddies and I do a guy's trip to escape the cold and dreary Ohio winters. Once we pick our destination, without fail, we all jump on Airbnb and find an incredible place to stay. We just got back from an amazing trip in Palm Springs, California, and our Airbnb home was a huge part of creating memories we'll never forget. I loved it so much, I'm taking my family back to Palm Springs for spring break, and we're staying in an Airbnb home my kids fell in love with and picked out themselves. While I was there, I had the realization that my own home could be an Airbnb. It's an excellent way to earn some extra cash, whether you're saving up for your next vacation, paying off some bills, or investing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, have you ever wondered if there's an AI tool like ChatGPT specifically built for the stock market? A tool that not only does the research and analysis for you, but also allows for dynamic discussions? Well, wonder no more. Meet Meka, your AI-powered stock research assistant, now enhanced with real-time stock data. Let Meka do the heavy lifting for you to significantly reduce your research time. And the best part, Meka is 100% free. Ask Meka questions like, explore the financial health of Apple through a summary of its balance sheet. Compare the financial statements of Apple and Tesla. What is the analyst price target for Microsoft? What is the social sentiment analysis of Amazon and millions of other queries right at your fingertips? Visit Meka.com. That's M-E-Y-K-A.com. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. All right, back to the show. So with that being said, why wouldn't more people do day trading? If you can get those types of returns, why don't more people do it? Excellent questions. There are a lot of reasons for that. First of all, day trading is a job. It's a career. A lot of people want to do the investing on the side. A lot of people have nine to five jobs. They want to go to the job. They have a little bit of savings and they want to have that savings grow for their family and for their future. So they can't devote the time for day trading. You know, again, the market opens at 930 in the Eastern time in the New York time zone and it closes at 4 p.m. And most of the activity, most of the good trading opportunities usually happen in the first two hours. 
So as a day trader, you have to be available behind your desk around 8.30 in the morning before the market opens to be ready. And then you trade at 9.30, you probably finish it at 10.30, 11 or 11.30. So those times you have to be available sitting behind your station and be ready for trade. And the majority of the people can't do that, especially on the East Coast. You know, people go to work at 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock. But in the Pacific time zone, it's a much better time zone because this is what I did when I had two jobs as a trader and also another job was market opens at 6.30 in the morning. I was waking up at 5 o'clock. I was behind my desk at 5.30 after the shower and breakfast. And then I was getting ready for market to open. 6.30, I was started trading. And then I was finishing my day by 7.38, just change and go to work. And I was at work at 9 o'clock. And that was the privilege that I had on the Pacific time zone. So I could trade and I could keep my second job. A lot of people don't have that privilege. So day trading is really suitable for people who have flexible hours or they have hours that is not really conflicting with the market hours. Oh, 1% a day, 20% a month, that can't be true. Then why not everyone in Wall Street is day trading? The answer to that is, you know, you are limited to the amount of money that you can day trade. You know, for example, if you have $10,000, $20,000 or $50,000 or even $100,000, you can have a day trading account and you can add one or 2% a day in your account. But if a bank or an investment firm, they're managing hundreds of billions of dollars, they can't really day trade. You know, day trading is not scalable to any level. You know, it's good for making a, you know, a certain amount of money, $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 a day. But if you have a huge account, like one of these hedge funds or investment banks, they can't day trade. They have to move into the different styles of trading and investing. And that's why they're really limited to those 10, 15, 20% maximum a year. So why not everyone is doing it? Well, first of all, not everyone is uh, having the opportunity to trade in those hours. Not everyone can expect a 1% to 2% return based on their account size. So again, you're limited up to you know, a certain amount because the market doesn't have that much liquidity. You know, I can buy 1,000 shares in one order, but I can't buy you know, 100,000 shares in one order. You know? It's just you're limited on that. And another thing is that is day trading is difficult. It is a job. You know, like not everyone can be a basketball player. Not everyone can be really a medical doctor. You know, it's just some people can't do be a lawyer. You know, this is something that a lot of people have to make sure that it actually fits their personality, fits their skills, and uh, you know, they want to do that. So, like any other career, I think day trading is just limited to a certain group of people who are passionate and who have the skills and you know, really the resilience to be in that business. Yeah, I absolutely love what you said at the end there about it being a career, just like being a basketball player or a doctor or anything like that. And I think it's something that not a lot of new investors or people that just are looking to get into day trading to think about. And when I first heard of this idea, it kind of blew my mind. And I try to tell everybody that I talk to that's looking to get into day trading or just investing in general, you need to think of it this way, right? You go to school for 12 years and then you go on to college for another four years. And if you do a master's degree, you're spending 16 to 18 years studying for a degree to learn a profession. Yet you think you can become a professional day trader in the stock market overnight. You know, you have to be realistic about that. And that's just not going to be possible. So you need to really make sure you're putting in the time and effort to get educated and learn about the strategy that you're about to implement before you do. Exactly. I mean, you mentioned the profession, and this is something that we always mention that to our students and our members, that you have to look at it as a professional career. I mean, doctors, engineers, lawyers, they're going through years of a school, and they have to spend a lot of money on tuition and other stuff to become a professional. And there is no guarantee for them to make any money either. You know, a lot of people come and ask me, hey, if I you know, pay $5,000 for this course, or if I do this, or if I do that, is there any guarantee that I make money? Well, the answer is that, of course not, because, you know, like any other professional career, you have to get the proper education. But if you make it or not, depends on a lot of elements, including luck, that, you know, you need to go through and see if you can make it or not. I see a lot of doctors or engineers or lawyers that couldn't make it, you know, in a financial situation. I am an example of an engineer, and I think I was a good engineer that I just couldn't make good career out of the engineering. I just get light off and the city that I'm living, there's not a lot of engineering jobs and I just couldn't make it. So I had to shift my career to another thing. So you have to look at it. Uh, that's why I'm saying day trading is a little bit different from investing because trading is a career, but investing can be a project on the side, which can be either done directly by your own knowledge and your own skill, or you can get financial advisors and investors for you to invest your money. The good thing is you don't have to go through 30 years of a school for day trading. 
I mean, yes, we do say that it's like uh, other careers, but a lot of times those careers are way more, you know, time consuming and way more expensive, really, to even try them. Like if you want to become a lawyer or get an MBA or go to medical school, it's way more complicated and more expensive. And day trading, if you're interested, you can always invest a little bit of in your education and you try a little bit of the small share size and see if you like it or not. So you really don't have to go through the years and years of uh, education and tuition and practice and internship. So it's a much faster process for you, thanks to the modern society of internet and all of the technologies that we have. And when people just hear about a guru who's pitching a course or something like that online, and they teach people how to, quote unquote, get rich really quickly through day trading, those people are starting at such a disadvantage. Exactly. Unfortunately, and that's one of the very sad situations in our industry is that a lot of people start advertising trading, specifically day trading, as a get-rich-quick scheme. You know, when you go to social media, you see all of these yachts and luxury cars and parties and lifestyle that they're trying to promote to people because they just know they want to attract a certain group of impulsive people that they're really looking for uh, to get rich quick. And yeah, a lot of people fell into that trap, unfortunately. Research has shown, I mean, the statistic that has shown that the average age of traders are usually 55 and they're highly educated, college educated, and they used to be professional or they are still professional. So when you look at it, the serious successful traders, they are the people who are not young and very attractive. They're really people who are professional and they know that they're getting into the serious business. And that's an average. But, you know, I know that millennia, just cryptocurrency proved that millennials are ready. They're eager to get into the financial market and they are really smart to really benefit from the financial market. My only advice to people is when you're getting into the financial market, have a very healthy level of skepticism about any claim that you're reading. Always make sure that these claims and these expectations are really reasonable or not. Just keep that healthy level of skepticism about anything and anyone when you go into the financial market. So where should a millennial investor start their learning process? And then once they've started that learning process, when will they know that they've studied enough and they're actually ready to get started? One thing that I'm always saying that is you never stop learning in this modern world. It doesn't matter if it's a trading or investing or financial market or if you're in engineering. I mean, the world has changed. You know, the whole market has shifted. That There's no way that's not like 50 years ago that you get a job and then you're set for your life with your family and with that job. You know, you never stop learning. When you learn how to trade or you will start a trading, you always continuously follow new resources, you go to the conferences, you read more, you watch more, you listen more, and you start learning. So to answer to the second part of your question, you are never enough because the market is always changing and you're competing with other traders and other traders are getting better and the new tools are coming. It's just that notion that, you know, I learned enough for life is just gone. And I think it's in any career, not only the trading. But there's a lot of information on YouTube. There's a lot of information on Google. There are a lot of highly reviewed books on Amazon and other publishers that people can start. If you're, for example, interested in day trading stock market, I myself have a couple of books on Amazon that you can go just search my name and you can see the books and read the reviews and see if this is something that you want to pursue or not. But, you know, I found YouTube is a really good source that there's a lot of information in there and the people can start. And obviously Google and there's a lot of financial websites that you can start, you know, your career. And depending, it really depends on what kind of trading you want to do. For example, I personally don't trade cryptocurrency. So if you want to invest or trade cryptocurrency, I probably won't be a right person to go to. So is there a point where an investor will know that they're ready to start? So what we recommend is after the initial, you know, when you read about it, you get some fundamental knowledge about the investing or trading that you want to do, we always recommend to do a simulation trading. And this is very, very important. And I want to emphasize that to everyone. Never, ever start with your real money. Even if it's a small five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, never start trading with your real money. There's a lot of platforms that offer you simulated or paper trading with fake money trading. And we always recommend do at least a couple of months of that. Don't get the fear of missing out. The market is out there for you. So don't jump. A lot of people hear, oh, Bitcoin, I just got to jump in, open an account, deposit $20,000. No, no, don't get the fear of missing out. The market, the financial market is there forever. So you go and practice on some simulated account. So for our traders, we have a three months simulation program and we're not allowing anyone to go live trading with their you know, life money before a proper simulation. 
when they go through the simulation process, they have to learn the system, they have to learn the platform and technology that they have to work with. Then we tell them that you have to get a consistency of, for example, 1% a day in a simulation account. And when they get to that consistency in the simulation mode, they are allowed to go open an account, but they're forced to trade a very small size because it's very easy to trade the money on paper. It's like a video game. I mean, yeah, if you lost, you can just do it again. But when you go into the real account, you have to be very careful, especially at the beginning, because there's a lot of emotional psychology also jumps into the game, which people really underestimate. And then as slowly you grow your trading size, so you can slowly grow record. So a lot of people think, oh, education, simulation, and $10,000 a month or you know, $2,000 a day. No, it's not like that. So education, simulation, and then you make $10 a day, you make $20 a day, and then you grow it to $50 a day, and then $100 a day, and you slowly increase it. Because something that always people underestimate is the emotional aspect of trading. When the trade goes against you, when you are in a paper money or fake money, you don't care. Or when it's real money, then you start acting completely against your plan or sometimes you don't get it get out on time and you have to take a bigger loss or something like that so people need to be make sure they're ready for trading on a psychological side as well so to answer your question again as a summary the moment that you know you have certain level of consistency and confidence in your simulation mode you can go and start trading live but on a smaller size I think that psychological standpoint or that psychological aspect is so important. And it's something that, like you said, is should not be underestimated. When you're trading a paper account, it really doesn't feel like anything. It feels like you're playing with fake money because you are. But when you're using your real account, you can have the best plan set out in front of you and you can decide that you're going to follow that exactly. But when you actually start losing real money or psychological factors start to play in with your actual hard-earned money, that plan completely goes out the window and it becomes a lot more difficult to trade. So I definitely would not underestimate the psychological aspect of trading. Now, in that, you talked about paper trading and using simulated accounts. Do you have any specific recommendations for platforms, tools, or resources where somebody listening to this can do that? Yeah. So if you're interested in a stock market, in day trading a stock market, there is a simulator that we're using. It's called the DAS Trader, D-A-S Trader. So they have a website, dastrader.com, like D-A-S Trader.com. And they offer real-time simulated accounts. You know, you can have 25, 30, 50,000 or whatever amount that you want. And you have access to the real-time data of the stock price going up and down and the platform. And then you can actually trade that. That's what we use. That's what we also recommend to our traders. I also absolutely love that on bearable traders on your platform that you require people to start with a simulated account. I've never heard of anything like that before. And usually in my experience, when I've researched other day trading programs, they're usually trying to get you involved as fast as you can, You know, get started today, start investing now. And that opens up the investor to such a harder path where with your platform, I just I really love that you help new investors that way. I think it speaks a lot to what you're really trying to do with the platform. So I really think that's great. Now, you've written that you faced criticism, pessimism, and doubt from your friends and family when you started day trading. And I've heard from other people that they've faced similar things. So how did you handle this and ultimately overcome it? Day trading or you know, I think success in any endeavor is coming from having a certain level of resilience and confidence in what you're doing. I mean, if you don't try and you don't fail, you never know. When I started the trading, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, trading had a very bad reputation, especially day trading. Really, really excited to have a lifestyle that I can work from home, I can work from anywhere in the world, and I can work for a couple of hours a day. And that was like a dream to me. Yes, it did seem like too good to be true to me, but I said, I got to try that. And if I don't try, I always wonder my life, what's going to happen. I mean, when I got laid off from my job, the company actually put us through a program, the company that let us go. You know, we were a bunch of employees. They were kind enough to put me through a program. These programs are usually helping. You know, there are some counselors that help you to, you know, get back on your feet and find another job. And I had one of these sessions with my counselor and, you know, she told me, oh, what do you want to do? And I always told her that I want to start a business for myself. I mean, I think this is a good time because I'm still young. I have no kids. I have no mortgage, but my responsibilities are not that bad because my wife is working. So I was thinking that if I don't do it now, then I always wonder my life about what would have happened if I do that. 
And when I started reading and learning about the people trading and I found that some people are doing it and those are the people that I did research behind them and I, I saw that they're genuinely making it. And if it's possible, they say 90% fail, 10% wins in day trading. So if those 10% can do it, why not me trying to be at least into that 10%? And I had a lot of doubts at the beginning, but that's something that all entrepreneurs, all business owners have and they have to overcome that. You know, day trading is a business, but do you think when a new business opens in your neighborhood, imagine a restaurant or coffee shop, do you think that business owner and that entrepreneur is 100% sure that he's going to be successful? No, of course not. You know, they take the risk and, you know, having taking a risk is part of any entrepreneurship lifestyle. You know, about 2013 that Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, posted something on Facebook and I was following him and he mentioned that it's been 10 years that Facebook is out and did we know that Facebook is going to be that big when we were starting it? He said, no, absolutely not. People had a lot of doubts and people were saying, oh, you're not going to make it. These people have tried to done social media in the past and all of those doubts and questions. But Zuckerberg said, you know, we just didn't listen to that. When everyone was doubting us, we were just coding. We were just making it. We were just thinking about it. And we had no idea that, you know, social media and you know, Facebook is going to be that big one day. You know, like any other business owner, any like entrepreneur, you have to accept that there is a risk of failure, but you want to do that. There's another way of doing that. You just go become an employee and the risk is less. But as I mentioned earlier, there is a risk of getting laid off in this new market when the job market is completely changing, the machines are coming and the competition is coming. There is no security anymore. So you have to take the risk. Even if you want to go on employment route, there is an element of risk on that. With all of the different materials that are available, and like you said, the bad reputation that day trading has had, what is a myth that you would like to debunk about day trading? I think the fact that they say day trading is impossible, I think that's the biggest myth. I mean, there is a lot of people that are doing it and they're making a living out of it. In our community, there are a lot of people that are making $200, $300, $400 a day out of the market, and they've been done doing it for a long time. So the fact they say day trading is impossible, I think is the biggest myth. It is possible, but it is difficult. You know, saying that day trading is impossible is like saying making a living out of poker is impossible. A lot of people play poker, but not everyone can actually make a living out of poker. But we do know that there's a lot of professional poker players that they're just making money out of playing poker. I'm not saying that trading is like gambling and poker and stuff, but I'm saying that, you know, like professional athletes, that they're only a certain limited group of people that make a living out of professional athlete. Trading is also possible, but there's only a certain group of light people that can actually make it. So day trading is not impossible. I think uh, day trading is possible and people have to understand that if they want to enter the world of investing and trading, they're entering an area that you have to compete with the sharpest minds in the world. So it's definitely not a casual activity. And that's another thing that a lot of people, you know, have the smartphones, they want to watch the app and they want to price is going up and down, either stocks or cryptos or whatever it is, but it's not a casual activity. At least day trading is not a casual. It is a job. It requires a certain amount of attention that you should have and a certain time dedication that you should have during the day. It's definitely not something cool that you want to do on the side. You need to have that seriousness for that. When you look at those people that post the photos about trading from the beach or you know some fancy pool or things like that that you're talking about, I know exactly what you're referencing. When you look up day trading, you often see gurus with all these really fancy setups and they have really big screens and they have four or five different screens and all these gadgets and things that look really fancy. Are all of those needed to be a successful day trader? And if not, what do you think are the must-haves when you're getting started day trading? I think the must-have that you should have is that you should have at least a computer with a couple of screens. At least for day trading, what I found is, I mean, it's very simple, but at least you need two or three screens. You know, a lot of people showing me, oh, I'm day trading from my smartphone. I mean, you can't really day trade by looking at one small screen on your smartphone and then check Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and then go trade. It just doesn't work that way because day trading is the process of executions of orders really fast, you know, three, five seconds or minutes or something like that. 
So what I would say is, you know, it just might be very simple, but it really needs a certain screens. When I'm traveling, I have a laptop, but I have three small portable monitor next to me. And I'm always, you know, if I'm in a coffee shop or in a hotel room or something, I open up my laptop, but I just quickly put a couple of small screens with connected with USB in my laptop. So I can actually watch the market a little bit more because I need to have a look on different parts of the market to make sure that I'm actually not missing any good price action and good trading opportunity. But if you're an investor and you have some positions in Apple or other stocks and you just want to you know, check it casually, yeah, you can just look at your phone or just the laptop. But as an active trader, you definitely need more screen plus a good high-speed internet. On those multiple screens, what are you looking for exactly? And what indications are you looking for in the market that might be a buy signal? Yeah. So what we do is every morning we select a couple of uh, stocks that we want to trade. I mean, the style of the trading that we do is every morning we might trade different group of stocks. One day we might trade Apple. Another day we might trade Facebook or Twitter. Another day we might trade Uber or other companies. So every day we select usually around four or five stocks that we think they have the potential of a big move during the day. So when I set up my screens, in one of the screens, you know, I might look at two or three. So I have different charts and different stocks and watching them and I'm watching them for certain patterns. So we don't really care about what the company is building. We don't really care about what the company is doing. We don't care about who's the CEO and stuff. We are looking at the price that goes up and down during the day. We are looking for certain patterns and those patterns, you know, like channels or wedge or support or resistance. And if those patterns appears, you know, based on the strategies that we have and we teach, we decide to buy or sell. Pretty much we're looking constantly, slowly looking for those patterns to show themselves. And whenever they show themselves and everything is working, and then we start trading them. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Hey, everyone. It's Patrick, your host of Millennial Investing. Every year, my buddies and I do a guy's trip to escape the cold and dreary Ohio winters. Once we pick our destination, without fail, we all jump on Airbnb and find an incredible place to stay. We just got back from an amazing trip in Palm Springs, California, and our Airbnb home was a huge part of creating memories we'll never forget. I loved it so much, I'm taking my family back to Palm Springs for spring break, and we're staying in an Airbnb home my kids fell in love with and picked out themselves. While I was there, I had the realization that my own home could be an Airbnb. It's an excellent way to earn some extra cash, whether you're saving up for your next vacation, paying off some bills, or investing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Hey guys, the Range Rover Sport leads by example. It's got powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability and combines assertive on-road performance with the signature Range Rover refinement that you'd expect. The third-generation Range Rover Sport is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet and redefines sporting luxury. It's got advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, which offer new levels of comfort and refinement. The purposeful cockpit-like driving position sets the tone for a focused interior that promotes exhilarating driver engagement. Award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. You can also enjoy a dynamic drive in total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. All right, back to the show. Can you give an example of a type of pattern that you're looking for? Yeah, so for example, a lot of times there's a pattern that we call them a flag. When the stock is making a big move, goes up, you know, from $10 goes all the way up to $12, $13. So this is what we call actually like a pole. So it just goes up, a strong move up. 
And then they start some, you know, trading on the sideways for a while. That what we call them a consolidation, which is like a flag. Goes up and down, but not too much. Goes from 10, you know, 11 to 12, comes back to 10, goes 11 to 12, 30, comes back. And it's just for about five, 10 minutes, it's just uh, consolidating, going up and down, doing nothing really. And when that forms, what we call them is a flag. And that flag is an indication that, you know, there is a possibility that a stock is breaking out from that flag area or consolidation area to the upside. When we see that pattern, we decide to make a trade on that on a potential breakout to the upside. So, for example, a stock from $10 come to $12 and does a consolidation around $12. And then we buy the stock for the possibility of another move from $12 to $13, $14, and $15. And again, there are other criterias that you have to take into account. But when you see that pattern and then the flag plus a pole plus a flag, usually a buy opportunity that we can actually trade based on that. Now, in this part of the show, I want to transition a little bit away from day trading into your entrepreneurial journey because not only have you been a successful day trader, but you've also built a successful business as an entrepreneur. And I want to hear more about that. I want to learn about that. So can you walk us through how you've built Bearable Traders and your process through that? Yeah. So when I started trading, you know, I started looking online, just doing a lot of Google search, a lot of YouTube material. And I had to get the pieces of information almost from everywhere. You know, the broker at the platform and how to use the platform and then what are the strategies and then there are psychology involved and it's the process. So what I really found that there are all of these informations are available out there perfectly, but there is no one single, you know, guide that to walk me through one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, go this, buy that, subscribe to that and do this and do this and this. So the information was there, but it wasn't really simple to use and comprehensive in one place. So I decided to write a book by myself. You know, as a PhD, my job as a researcher was to go and do a research on an unknown topic and then publish your results either in a papers or in a dissertation or in a conferences, publish your results. And that's a skill that I learned as a PhD student. So just go into that area that you have no clue, no idea and no education and just do a research from all the resources and publish it. And that's pretty much what I did in day trading. I mean, I had no background in finance or trading. As a chemical engineer, I went into the world of trading. I started doing the research. I put everything together. I experimented with that. And then I said, you know, why not writing a book? I just wrote a book a few years ago. I just wrote a dissertation about a different topic, about electrochemical reactors. Why not this one? So I knew how to write. I knew how to present. And I wrote a book, How to Day Trade for a Living. And I put my email address in the book and people who were buying the book and emailing me and say, hey, I read your book. Interesting. I have a question about that. Or I have a question about this. And there was a lot of questions through email came into me. And I said, you know what? Why not starting a community that all of these people who are interested about trading come and, you know, talk together like a forum. I mean, we had forums in the Internet when people contributing to the knowledge of each other. So I decided to start that community just to get two people together. And there wasn't really any financial incentive behind it. And I said, you know what, instead of me answering all of these emails, why not having a community that people come? And, you know, I had a lot of questions as well. And I think that's so interesting. I hadn't heard that story before. I'm familiar with your book and I've participated in your community, but I didn't know that that was how it all played out. And I think it's really interesting because we recently had Scott Trench from Bigger Pockets on the podcast and that's exactly how Bigger Pockets started. That's exactly how Josh Dorkin founded Bigger Pockets. He really was just looking to build a community for real estate investors to be able to connect and learn about real estate together. And I've also talked to a good friend, Kirk Duplessis, about options trading. And he built his business the exact same way. So he was just looking for a community for options traders. And ultimately, it scaled into a business. So I think it's really interesting to hear that Bear Builds Traders came the same way. So if somebody's looking to build a community or an online business like Bearbull Traders, do you have any recommendations as to how to grow an audience or grow a community? I think essentially at the end of the day, what you should do is you should provide uh, value to people. You know, when you are starting a business, a community, the first question that you have to ask is what can I do better to serve my clients or customers or the community that I'm trying to build? You have to ask these questions, that, am I wasting people's time or I'm really adding a value to them? And this is a question that I'm asking myself every single day with my team that what can we do better to serve people? What is missing? I mean, go out and see who is doing what and what is missing in their work? 
what is that they're trying to you know offer but they can't so this is a very very important question when i started bible traders there were other communities as well it wasn't that i was the only person who came up with the idea of having a community but what i found about those communities is those communities were all about making money out of traders by either selling their course or by giving them you know, access to a chat room or an online environment that they can watch the moderators. But I really didn't like the fact that that place is not built for people to get together. You know, they were not even allowing people to exchange their email addresses together. You know, if I wanted to, I was part of those communities. And if I wanted to contact with someone that I really liked or I wanted to have a chat with him outside of those environments, there was no way of me communication. So what I said, okay, there's something is missing. And what is lacking in my competitors or available services is how people can get together on a community base. So again, to summarize your answer is if you want to start a community in trading or any other topic, or even if you want to start a new business, the first question that you have to ask yourself is, how can I serve people better? Because the money is coming. You know, I was reading a book and in the book, there was a successful businessman who was giving an advice to people is, you know, how to make money is not the bad question. It's a bad first question. The first question should be, how can I provide service? How can I serve people better? The money is coming, you know, but money should not be your first question, how to make money out of this business or out of the people but the how to provide them a better service, better quality, and add something into their life. That's absolutely one of the biggest things that I've learned through studying all of these successful people that I've had on the podcast, such as yourself. They almost all say the same thing. Don't worry about the money. Worry about providing value. Worry about building something better than is already out there, and the money will follow. Exactly. I just second that all the time. And when you look at the successful entrepreneur's story, they always went into that mindset of how can I serve you better? I mean, I look at my phone every day. There's a new app and there's a new coming. And a lot of them, the, you know, see the philosophy behind it is they're making a life better. Originally, they all started, uh, you know, Facebook, for example, for a long time was free. And, you know, when I was watching social media, uh, you know, when uh, Zuckerberg and his co-founder met a couple of investors, you know, the investors wanted to start monetizing the Facebook soon, but they opposed and say, no, no, it's too early. I don't want to just show ads to people right now. I just want to build something that, you know, still, you know, add value to people. You know, all of these successful entrepreneurs, they first think about how can I add value? Money is coming. You know, making money out of that in an ethical way is easy. It's just hard to add that value to people's life. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing because if you start a business and you're focused solely on making money, I feel like it's almost as if that's not going to happen. Whereas if you're focused on just providing value, the money will come and you have a better chance of that actually happening. So that's a really interesting just dynamic that I've noticed play out. And I think really what you focus on is going to have a big impact on the success of your business. Just an example I've recently mentioned to a couple of my friends. Imagine you're a doctor, you're a surgeon, you're a neurosurgeon, and you go into a surgery. What is your first goal? Your first goal is to counting the money that you're getting paid from this surgery. Oh, I'm going to make $100,000 from this surgery. No. Your first goal, your 100% focus and attention is to save that patient, to do an excellent surgery and the patient comes out alive and healthy out of the surgery room. The money would come. I mean, they pay you either. They pay or insurance or the hospital. They eventually pay you. But the mentality that when the surgeon goes into the surgery is not about, ooh, wow, make money. No, it's just saving, doing the best that you can do to save that person. And often they really don't get involved into the money aspect of those uh, practices. The money is just coming a byproduct of their excellent quality service. I've never heard an analogy like that, but I really like that. I think that was really good. And now just to wrap up the show, if a close millennial friend or family member of yours came to you and asked for advice on day trading or even starting a business, and they had just a few thousand dollars, what is the number one piece of advice that you would give them? The number one piece of advice, if they come for me as an advice for trading is, are you ready to take a new challenge as a business or as a profession? Or you just want a passive investment? If you're ready for a new challenge, you know, make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. Because if you don't know and if you just get into that, I guarantee you lose your money. Even if you don't lose your money in trading, you lose your money on commissions, on brokers, on platforms and stuff because you're not 100% committed to that. So you have to be the, you know, the commitment for that. So that's my first advice and first question. 
And then second one is if they really want to do that, I mean, last night I was having a chat with a friend that I was not in touch for a while and he told me about this and I told him, yeah, do it, but do the three months of simulation. That was my first thing that I said. You know, three months of simulation costs you probably a couple of hundred dollars, 200, 300 dollars at simulation in three months. But if you go and make a good trade, you make that money in a matter of seconds. Or if you make a bad trade because you don't know what you're doing, you lose you know, 10 times of that money in a matter of click. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, paying two or $300 to learn and really start off at a much better spot is really cheap in comparison to if you jump in and make a bad first trade, you could lose a lot more than just that two or $300. So just got to choose how you want to spend that money. Do you want to spend it on something that's going to benefit your trading for the long term by helping you get educated first? Or do you want to learn the hard way by losing that money through a trade? Great advice there. Where can people learn more about you and all the different things that you have going on? You know, they can check our website, www.bearbulltraders.com. I mean, bear like animal, bear and bull is just, again, the bull. These are the symbol of financial market, bear and bull, bearbulltraders.com. I'm also on uh, YouTube and Twitter and social media. Either they search Andrew Aziz or Bear Bull Traders, I'll pop up. They can definitely follow me and have a chat with me. My email address is andrew at bearbulltraders.com. So it's my personal email. I'll check it and I'll always try to get to people if they have any questions. And if they're really interested in trading the stock market, the U.S. stock market, I have two books on Amazon. They can just go to amazon.com or any other Amazon website and just search Andrew Aziz or, you know, day trading or how to day trade for a living. Then my first book would come. And then, you know, that could be a good starting point for them. If you guys really enjoyed Andrew's conversation today, I would highly recommend you take him up on his offer. Shoot him an email at the email he just provided. Let him know that you heard his show and that you enjoyed it and that he made a big impact on you and have a conversation with him. And I know he's more than happy to do that. And I would definitely take advantage of that. It's an invaluable time that you have available to you. So I would definitely take advantage of that. And I'll be sure to put links to everything that we talked about in the show today in the show notes so that you can access it. I know we talked about a lot of different tools for trading. We talked about Andrew's community on bearbulltraders.com. We talked about his books, YouTube, all of that. I'll make sure I put all of that in the show notes for you to check out. Andrew, you've provided a ton of value today. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. And thank you very much for having such an interesting topic for your podcast. I know a lot of people would benefit from especially the millennials about investing because, you know, as I mentioned, we are a generation of do-it-yourself. We are a generation of very curious people that you just want to learn everything. We're not taking anyone's word. And uh, I think the amount of value that you're providing to people, knowledge is just amazing. I thank you very much for having me on that. And thank you very much for your audience uh, listening to our podcast. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Me as well. All right, guys, that's all I had for this week's episode of Millennial Investing. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to TIP. To access our show notes, courses, or forums, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.